Let's pray. As the song said in the valley low, devil, you pushed me violently that I would fall. When death was breathing down my neck and I was in a pit of despair, you tried to keep me there and bring death to me. But my God raised me up out of the pit. He set my feet upon a high, straight, flat path. And you said to me, God, I am your son. Before time ever was, I was in your heart. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, you said of me. When the world looked at me with disdain and said, he is less than, you said, I am more than. And I can thank you for a thousand years, Lord, and it will just be a beginning. Because you gave everything for me, Lord. Just a lowly man. And I come to you today, God, I don't have anything to offer you but my heart and my love, Lord. But Father, I pray that's enough. I love you, Lord. I pray for your people this morning. God, I curse the enemy that would bring death and the thoughts of death, the fear of death, the mindset of defeat. I break it off of them, Father, in the name of Jesus. I curse the enemy over them that has seized their minds with worry and fretting and running to and fro. I curse that off of you in the name of Jesus. And I speak a victorious mindset over you. Life more abundantly. Not just life, Jesus said. Life more abundantly. In the name of Jesus, Father, let every word I say bring you glory. And nothing bring me glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I've lived that. I lived in that pit in April of 2006. I fell off into a pit that was, uh, it was uh, just beyond anything I'd ever experienced in my life. It took me years of the Lord battling and bringing me through that, but he was victorious on my behalf. So I just, I'm very passionate about that, that you don't live in a defeatist mindset, defeatist attitude. All right, uh, trying to get composed up here. I just, I feel very passionate about that. You're walking around in a defeatist mindset, and uh, you need to be released from that today. Before you leave this house, I want you to be, leave here with a victorious mindset, and you work towards living in victory. And you say, you know, what are you talking about, prosperity gospel? Listen, prosperity is the least of that. If you lose your peace of mind, you'll give every dime you've got to get it back. Trust me, it's not about finances. When I'm talking about victorious and prosperity, I'm talking about a whole life. Shalom means peace that is derived from a complete wholeness of your body, mind, spirit, soul, everything. That's what shalom is. And that's what we need to be walking in. And that's my prayer for you today. All right. Let's see how this is going to go. The Lord gives me things, and sometimes I'm like, what? Okay, you the boss, but they're going to think I'm weird. He's like, people have been thinking you weird for 52 years. <laughs> so, whatever.
All right, now y'all watch this one because something really traumatic, actually. And trust me when I tell you this, something traumatic is going to happen when this next shoe falls. It, it is. It, you may not believe me, but I'm, trust me, something really traumatic is going to happen. It's, it's pretty bad, actually. So just pay attention. Are you watching the shoe for it to drop? God is kind. Are you you're paying attention? Y'all over here, you paying? God's patient. Are you you're paying attention? Because when this drops, it's going to be really bad. God is long-suffering. God, you're paying attention. Yes, you're sure God is faithful. Okay. Did anybody hear any of what I said about God? You got faithful. Right. So I said, actually... God is kind, God is patient, God is love, God is faithful, long-suffering. So you got some of it. But isn't it amazing? I was speaking, you, all you saw was this next shoe. All you were in your mind was what I said about dread of something traumatic going to happen when it falls. Isn't that true? It's true. We always focus on the bad. When the good, the the the, the thing that's proven, the thing that's reliable, the thing that's praiseworthy and substantial is being spoken out into the atmosphere, and we don't hear that. World in in. You see, most of my adult life, as a kid, I had a great life. I had great parents. I had great siblings. I just had a great life. The worst thing I had to worry about was where I was going to get money to buy a Slurpee. I mean, I rode my bike around the neighborhood. Man, uh, one year, my brother Danny saved half the money to buy a nice new bike, and my dad paid the other half, something like that. And we were in Woolco. Y'all probably don't remember Woolco, you young folks. I do. It was our Walmart back in the day. <clears throat> and... We were in Woolco, and Dad, Danny was going to buy that bike, and they had a, uh, it was a, uh, what was the name of that bike? It was a Stingray was the model of it, and it had the Schwinn, yeah. It was black. It had a big old wide, fat slick on the back. Big chrome fender, banana seat, big handlebars, and man... My dad looked at that. I guess he could see me standing there like that for 20 minutes going, ah, you know. And he's like, you want a bike? I'm like. You see, my dad never made much money. Bikes were something for Christmas. And sometimes my brothers got hand-me-down bikes that Pop had fixed up. So for him to ask me in the middle of nowhereville in the year, there's no holiday, there's, you know, there's no anniversary of a dog getting run over in the road, there's no nothing. It's just the middle of the year. Plainsville, you know, nothing's going on. You want a, you want a bike? And my dad bought me that bike. And me and my brother were riding around the neighborhood on two brand new bikes. Mine was cooler than his. He had that 10-speed thing. I had the cruiser with the... I got a picture of me and Bib overhauls in that bike. I thought I was the coolest thing that ever lived. And all I had to worry about was keeping that bike clean and finding money to get Slurpees, which I found my dad's change pocket in his suit coat in his closet where he hid all his quarters by accident. 
and I thought he put them there for me to buy Slurpees with. And I proceeded to empty his, his cloak pocket, you know. And Danny's like, where you get that money? I was like, man, that, that pops pockets, you know. That pops saving them quarters. I'm like, oh, well, I mean. I didn't get a whip, and I think he thought it was funny that I thought those quarters were there for me to buy Slurpees with. But that's all I had to worry about when I was a kid, you know. I had a really good childhood. There was a couple things happened to me, but God's been faithful in those. But in my adult life, I was, seemed like I was always waiting for the next shoe to drop. And that's the title of this sermon, The Next Shoe. It's interesting, months and months ago, God began to work this, and all he gave me was the title, The Next Shoe. And I laughed because I knew what he was telling me. You used to always live that way, son. Now you don't live that way as much. We're trying to get you, son, to where you don't live that way at all. What Pastor had been talking about, uh, not last Sunday, I think it was Sunday before last, about us and our mindsets and speaking things and how we, you know, we speak good things. We, we need to speak good things to ourselves. It's interesting to me that we walk around in dread of what the enemy might do instead of celebrating what God has done and what God's going to do, don't we? We walk around in dread of what the enemy might do. Oh my gosh. Oh, you know, it takes more faith to believe in an event that might not happen. This event's based on a lie planted in our minds by the enemy to grow fear in our hearts. See, he, he plants a lie in our mind. You know that if you, you say a lie loud enough, long enough, people will begin to believe it. Look at the news media. Look at the scientific world. Y'all come from monkeys. Now look, when I go to work, sometimes I wonder if that ain't true. And they can listen to this by tape. I don't care. I'll tell them. I think y'all came from monkeys. Look at the bathroom in there. But we said that loud enough, long enough. Charles Darwin, a maniac who had issues, said, I think we all came from monkeys. Uh, Topper, let's have some tea. And it's like, uh, Charles, you got to stop doing that LSD, bro. And we said that loud enough, long enough, because we could not grasp the fact there was something greater than we are, something bigger than we are, and we're not meant to understand it all. We're just not. So get over yourself. You're never going to understand it all. You're not meant to. When I get to heaven, I want to be in the presence of a God that even then I will still never know all there is to know about him. He told Ezekiel, Ezekiel says, what is this place, God? In the inner chamber of the inner chamber of the sanctuary. And God said, it is the place of the sole of my foot where only the Almighty treads. And when I read that, God quickened in me. He said, son, I am bigger than anything that will ever happen to you because you will never know all of the things about me that there is to me. I am deeper than that. I am bigger than that. I am wider than that. And I was like, okay, you right. I won't. But we said that lie long enough. You know, evolution. I'm not talking about adaptation of species, okay? White-tailed deer adapt all the time. We build a housing development. They eat your hostas. They were eating corn and, and you know, soybeans. 
a year earlier, now they put a sound development in, you planted flowers. Hostas are sweeter, I'll eat them. They adapt, that's adaptation of species. I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about evolution. Where you came from monkeys. We said that loud enough, long enough, but it must be true. The enemy does the same thing. Oh, oh, you know, whoop, something bad happened. You know, just wait, just wait. And the whole time he's holding that over your head, just raining down on you, stealing your joy, taking away your happiness, stealing your peace, your peace of mind. Pretty soon you're griping and grouching at the wife. Why well, come we ain't got no money? If we had some money, this stinging refrigerator broke, I could go buy a new one. Or you're griping at your kids. Why don't y'all quiet down? I'm trying to figure out how to get more money in the bank. <clears throat> Come home from work and everybody goes, like cockroaches when you turn on the light. <laughs> Dad comes in, hello. <laughs> hello? Hello, 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 hello. They done snuck out the windows, got in the car, and went to Burger King or something. It's funner at Chunky Cheese. Dad's crazy. Have you listened to Dad? He's in there at the table with a bunch of papers, and he's talking to himself. And, and you know, I've done that. God help me, I have. And that's what the enemy does to us. He begins to, we, we get to the point to where we think on those things. They're not, the lie is not based in any fact. It's not based in any proof. But we think on it so much to the point we keep making it bigger and bigger and bigger until we really believe it will come to pass. The enemy has gotten us to use our creative imaginations against ourselves. See, this is not your thinking, your mind in the Bible. When it says he'll guard your heart and mind, it's talking about your creative imaginations. Your ability to create things. Beautiful sculptures. Michelangelo, the sculpture of David. How did you do that? I just chipped away everything that didn't look like David. Okay. They can't even replicate that to this day. That was born from his creative imagination. My wife will sit down and, and draw things out of her mind. Well, that's not where she thinks about bills or how to keep dad from being so crazy around the kids. That's her creative imagination. I sit there amazed. And that's what the enemy is trying to get to, our creative imagination, our hearts. Because if we can get to our hearts where our center of faith is, then we believe it. Then we begin to confess it because we've thought it. And we give creative power to the lies of the enemy. Do you hear what I just said? Does that make sense to you? We're deceived. We are deceived. We even begin to speak false words of faith over it, don't we? We do. We, we begin to speak those false words of faith. We feed that lie until it consumes us. It pushes the hope of God out of our minds and our hearts until we are devoid of hope. And then we fall into despair. Fall into despair. 
Big bottle of water must have known I was going to get really dry up here. Enemy tried to get me in despair this morning. For two days, I've had a horrendous migraine. I woke up 2, 3 o'clock yesterday morning. Terrible migraine. This morning, 2 or 3 o'clock, woke up. Terrible migraine. Heat and pad. I'm hammering coffee because coffee helps. Caffeine helps. And because uh, I'm not big on painkillers. Uh, and uh, I was like, man. And uh, Lori said, do you need to call him? I'm like, nope. No. My headache's good. The Lord is faithful. I was hurting really bad before I got here this morning, but my headache's good. The anointing coming into the presence of God's people, the praise and worship team. You know, it soothes Saul's spirit, that demonic spirit that came against him, and the, the, the music, and coming in here in this atmosphere, and God just, just healed that headache this morning. And, oh. So maybe tomorrow if I wake up, why don't I turn on praise music instead of the coffee pot? Or maybe both. <laughs> but we begin to, we fall into that despair and, and it grips us. You know, like this morning, some little thing, oh, I got a migraine. Oh my gosh, Lord, I know you gave me this word for a reason. If it's just for one person, that's okay with me. And, and you know, oh man, you, you, my, you know, but we persevere through the pain, right? Right. But isn't it something how we think we're doing right? We're trying to be thankful folks. We don't want to be complaining all the time because the preacher says, don't be complaining all the time. And what do we always say? Well, it could be worse. Can I get a witness up in here? Have you said that? Well, it could be worse. Bless God, the tire fell off the truck, but I was only doing 20 instead of 80. Could be worse. Now, you know what? That means I'm still alive to have to fix the thing. If it happened at 80, I wouldn't have to worry about it. My wife and kids would. I've been there. The next shoe has fallen in multiple sometimes where I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, it can only get worse. You know, it, it could always be worse. Instead, say, it will only get better. See, we got the right mindset. We're trying to be thankful. Well, you know, it could be worse. We're not, not to be complaining. We've got the right mindset, wrong verbiage. Right mindset, wrong verbiage. We've been deceived so much that it's come in so subtly and so easily that we begin to live in our everyday lives and we flip it around thinking it's the right way to live, the right thing to say. He's deceitful. The father of lies. How do we fight this? Don't play the devil's game. Cut him off at the knees. Praise God for victory on this side of the mountain, on this side of the river, on this side of the valley. I heard an old preacher one time at a men's convention say, you're praising God on credit. Praise him before the miracle occurs. Thank him before the miracle occurs. Pray for it, then thank him and praise him for the outcome on this side. What does that do? It runs contrary to your mind. I don't thank somebody before I get dinner. I thank them after. 
When they bring out my steak, I say thank you. When the dude walks away taking my order, I say, oh, thanks you in advance for my steak. No. We don't, that don't make no sense to my mind. But in the spirit realm, it has dramatic effect on us. This helps to create a victorious mindset. That's what you're in need of, a victorious mindset. It creates a victorious mindset along with praising God before the miracle and thanking him. You got to read his promises out loud over yourself, your family, and your friends. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be, con- or be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're not to be conformed to this world. The world says the next shoe is going to fall. In the news, always bad. If the, if, oh my goodness, if the gospel had been bad news, the whole world would have heard it by now. Ain't that the truth? Dirty little secrets, dirty little lies. We got our dirty little fingers and everybody's pie. Y'all remember that song from the 80s? Where am I dating myself? We love dirty laundry. That's what this song was said, dirty laundry. I'm like, this is a nasty song. There's nothing ugly in it, but it was just nasty sounding. I'm like, but that's the way it is, ain't it? The devil's trying to pull you all down in his nastiness. Paul said, whatever things are good and pure, trustworthy, think on those things. Transform your mind to not think on those things. Yeah, it could be bad, but it might not be bad. I got more of a chance of it being good because God's on my side. And he's not a man that he would lie. He always keeps his promises. There are untold, there's so many promises from God in here. And he's already kept them. Because he's a God that lives in the eternal now. There is no past, present, or future with God. He stands in one place and sees all of time, not in linear like we do, but from every angle at the same time. A.W. Tozer talked about God saying, you are yourself thine own eternity, oh God. He sees it all. So he, he knows he's already kept his promises to me. And when it says about uh, that we may uh, prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, how is it proved? How are we going to prove it? Our victorious lives will be the proving ground. Our victorious lives will be the proving ground. Victorious mind and words, even in the midst of adversity. That's where we stumble. I had a hard time with that. I still do sometimes. Things are going bad. It's hard to say, well, praise you, God. It's going to be all right. I'm kind of like. (laughs) You're kicking stuff, and pretty soon you stub your toe, and you're like, God, why'd you help me hurt my toe? It's like, you the one kicked the bed, dummy. If you're going to kick stuff and you're mad, at least put on some shoes. I learned after I had to fix stuff around my house, when I got mad, go outside, take a big old splitting mall and just beat a tree up. Doesn't cost you anything. If you lose your temper in your house, you're going to have to be working on it later. Trust me. So we, our, our mindset is to not praise God on this side of the miracle. 
Our mind said us to not thank him. We, and our, we're trying to generate a victorious mindset. But listen, life happens. I'm not saying it's not. Jesus said you're going to have adversity. You're going to have trials. You're going to have problems in this world. But I've overcome the world. We have an advocate. You see? And so we have to keep that mindset even in the midst of adversity and problems. It does you no good to walk around speaking curses over yourself. Does it? Does it? Has it worked for you in the past? It's never worked for me. I've walked around, man, that always is this and that always is that. And I'm never going to this and I'm never going to that. Never made me feel not one bit better. It never works. But my bonehead itself, and there I just said I was bonehead. See? I didn't make a point. Still struggle with that. I'm not boneheaded. You know, when I was in elementary school, it was a couple people tormented me. And it wasn't later until later in life. I was looking at some pictures my mom had given me. And I looked at them, and I'm not being um, prideful, or I'm probably one of the furthest people from being a narcissist there is. I was a cute little kid. I had long blonde hair and bluish green eyes and a smirky smile. I did. I'm like, they had me believing I was a troll. <laughs> Them bunch of little demons from the pit of hell. I can close my eyes and see the two of them right now. I was going to say when I get to heaven, I was going to talk to them, but they ain't going to be there. <gasps> that was the flesh, Joel. You need to talk about it in the Lord's way. When they get to heaven, I, they'll be there with me, and I'll be able to forgive them. <laughs> I wasn't feeling like that in elementary school, trust me. Those two people shaped the entirety of how I saw myself. I had family members, friends, people who were telling me completely different things, people I trusted, people who had a track record of loving me and doing for me, but I would not believe the 99 or the 98, I believed the two for 100%. I believed 2% of the people to make a 100% decision in my life about how I saw myself. That is terrible, man. That's torment. They've been torment in elementary school. And we do that, don't we? The world says this, or the magazine says, you got to look like this. And man, if you don't look like King Leonidas on 300, your wife ain't going to love you. And you go out there in the gym every day for three years, sore muscles, and nothing happens. <laughs> You know what happens when I work out now? I get sore and tired. And, you know, you got to look like King Leonidas. Oh, oh. And it's like, oh, oh. You know, this is what it is. They don't get no better than this. Just accept it. This is good. God said this is good. I don't care what GQ magazine our femme fatale said, you ladies are supposed to look like, this is good. God gave you to her and her to you, and it's good, he said. 
That's why that other junk and stuff you watch is such a destroyer because it takes away intimacy and it breeds in these false expectations that nobody can live up to. Nobody. Don't matter how much I rub my beard, it's still gray. I tell them, boys, that's wisdom. You need to pay attention to what I say. I scratched it so much up here when I was young man raising a family trying to figure out how I was going to make ends meet. All the hair retreating came out my face. <laughs> Living with that defeatist mentality. Oh, Lord, how are we going to do it? I'm like, God, why did you make my hair start falling down? He said, I didn't, dummy. You were scratching your head so much when I had it all figured out. I'm like, can we go back? <laughs> Live with your sin, son. Doubt and disbelief, sin. You, you doubted, and now you lost your hair and it fell out your face. A victorious mindset. You need a victorious mindset. All right, let's start wrapping this thing up. You got to uh, read the word out loud. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Some of you only get to hearing ain't here on Sunday. All right, now, look, if I make you mad, you got to love me as pastor said and forgive me. But you can't just get to hearing on Sunday. You can't get, just get to hearing on Sunday and Wednesday. You got to do the hearing yourself every day of the week. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you read the Bible, read it out loud. It's a double whammy. You see with your eyes, your mind registers what you're reading, and then when you say it out loud, your ear hears it. Hearing comes by the faith. The hearing comes by reading the Word. So when I say it, faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God, I'm reading it out loud. Now, I'm not saying you can't read the Word and it echoes in your soul, okay? So, no fan mail over that one. But what I'm saying is, is when you read it out loud, it has a dramatically stronger effect. It's like playing a guitar with no amp, and then you play with an amp. It's far more powerful. All right, so Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the God of confusion and fear and anxiety... Notice that the God of peace, the God of peace will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You see, it says, but everything in prayer and supplications with thanksgiving. So before it's happened, we're thanking God. Before it's happened, we're praising God. We're developing a victorious mindset. Prayer and supplication. You say, well, what's supplication? I know what a petition is. That's a written request. That's why we have prayer lists. We're being obedient to the Word. Petition before the Lord. Supplication is more than a petition. It's an intensity and earnestness and extended prayer. It's, It's doing it in order to fully transfer one's burdens onto the Lord. The burdens of your soul. Supplication is just pouring out your heart before the Lord and saying, God, I'm going to wring every bit of burden out of my soul onto you. And if you have to come up here on Sunday and pray at the altar to do that, then do that. 
In the Bible, when it says, uh, it talks about uh, to commit your way to the Lord in Psalms. That word commit is galal. It's a word that's specific to a camel hair carrying a heavy load. I've told you this before. That camel is weighted down. And when he gets to the end of his journey, he galals. He kneels down, leans over, and the burden rolls off of him. When it says commit your way to the Lord and he will bring it to pass. It's saying if you will just stop what you're doing, bend down, lay the burden off on me, God says, I will bring it to pass. Fretting doesn't do you any good. Worrying doesn't do you any good. Pacing the floor doesn't do you any good. I was going through a bottle of Pepto-Bismol in under a week, under five days. Just stomach in knots. How's it going to all work out? And God always came through. But yet we hear the next shoe's going to fall. It's bad. If something's bad, it's going to happen. And we never heard the promises that I read to you by God being kind and faithful, always keeping his promises. All we concentrated on was the bad thing we thought was going to happen that's based on a lie with no proof that it ever will happen. We let the 2% guide our lives. We need to fully transfer and transfer all that burden onto the Lord in prayer. That's what supplication means. One who entrusts, one who entrusts cares to Christ instead of fretting over them will experience the peace of God to guard him from nagging anxiety. It says in Philippians that it will guard our hearts and minds. Our hearts first because it is the seat, as I told you earlier, of our belief center. Our hearts with the mind. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. What the heart man believes. So, the heart is our belief center. It's where faith is born. And so, this is where faith grows and it produces fruit. Then it, got, it talks about guarding our minds because it is the seed of our creative imaginations. What things can you dream up, good or bad? Creativity. See, the two work in unison. And our words, the Bible says, we have the power of life and death in our words. We have that power in our words. We begin to believe it. We say it enough out loud that our minds say it, our ears hear it, it gets down in our heart because faith comes by hearing. And we're talking about false words of faith here, words of death. We need to be speaking words of life. And so we begin to believe that mess, and it's a lie. So my prayer for you today, I don't even know what time it is. Well, we'll be letting out early. That's good. If the horse is dead, dismount. There ain't no t- sense keep beating the horse, you know. But I've got, I think it's about 50 copies up here. It's about half and half on each side. But I, I put this together. It's been months and months ago, and some folks wanted copies. I gave them copies, but the Lord told me, look, I'm not giving, I didn't tell you about something you're doing wrong and not give you a solution to fix for it this morning. Do you agree or disagree? I, if you want to disagree, that's fine. I'm not in elementary school no more. I won't go off one. But I feel like I've, here's, a, here's a big, huge problem in the body of Christ. It wasn't my life. 
God highlighted it for me to show me that, son, you're not that bad anymore. Man, it's way better than what you used to be, son. Way better. But we want to get to where you're not doing that at all. And so the Lord had me bring this to you. And I'm trying to give you some solutions, a victorious mindset. And one of the things the Lord showed me, he said, you know, bring that paper back out you put together. I'm going to read it to you. And it's a prayer that I pray over myself every morning, every, every morning, out loud. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am first and not last, the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I'm blessed going in, blessed coming out, blessed laying down, blessed rising up, a thousand to fall at my side and ten thousand my right hand, but have not come near me. For no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Look, take a copy of that. Take two copies. Take ten copies. I'll make more. It don't matter. But read it over yourself every single morning. You got young people in here. You got some teenagers. Go to them. Listen. They're listening to the 2%. They're listening to the two people and not the 98 that are telling them bad things about themselves. And tell them, this is who you are. And if you won't read it over yourself, I'll go in there and wipe your face with a cold wash rag in the morning. And I'll read it to you. It's your kid. Well, I might take them off. They're already ticked off at you. It's okay. <laughs> they might be happy with you tomorrow or five seconds from now, but that'll change. It's okay. It's like the weather in Virginia. Right? It'll be okay. You're fighting for their lives. You're fighting for their souls. Yeah. Let them see who they are in Christ. You are fearful. Son, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. This needs to get down in your soul. How's it going to get in their soul if they're not hearing it? Yeah. Read it over them if, if they don't have the gumption. Or maybe they got to get up and get them a little cup of coffee before they, you know, read it. Whatever. But I, I just ask for you to do that. Please stand with me. And uh, I'm going to pray over you and then pastor will come and... If he's got something else he'd like to share. I just want to pray that over you. And then before I release you to pastor. Hallelujah. Can you say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made? Say it together. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Woo! Yeah. That's right. You know what? I don't even know where those two are no more. I, you know, I go to work and the guys at work say, that's your wife? I said, yeah. How'd you get such a pretty wife? I was like, hmm. <laughs> I said, I was a cute kid in elementary school. <laughs> With a smirky smile and blue-green eyes. <laughs> I don't even know where those two are. But I got a beautiful wife and three wonderful kids. And a wonderful daughter-in-law and a wonderful son-in-law. And praying about the third son-in-law or this next son-in-law. God has blessed me. But it's ironic that all those years later, I can remember some of the comments the two said. But you don't remember the exact comments the 98 said. It's true. So you need this. You need this. All right, let's pray. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that 
we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That, Lord, before time we began, Lord, we existed because we were in your heart. We were in your mind. We were in your creative imagination. You said you knew us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. And you took time. You said that you knitted our nerves together. We were knitted together in the secret place. And, Lord, that speaks to the nerves and the blood vessels in our body. Got every part of our body you know. And so, Lord, help us to not believe the lies of the enemy and not have faith in that, but to have faith in the one that set the stars in the sky and named them and numbered them. And you said to the ocean, you can come this far and no further. That is the king and God that I serve. And you said that I am your son and I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And you have good things for me, Lord. You have good things in my life, Lord. You have put people in in, in my life, God, to love me. God, you've given me a family, Lord, a beautiful family. You've given me a beautiful Christian family, Lord. I'm not alone. I'm not that ugly little boy they said I was, Lord. God, I am yours. And I am wonderfully and fearfully made, God, in your sight. And I pray that for your people this morning, God. Help them to get a victorious mindset. Lord, help them to walk in that victory, Lord. And to pass that on to other people, Lord, that they would combat the words of the world and the words of the enemy. And when they would see a brother or sister in Christ or somebody out in the world, they would say good things to them. They would speak good things over them. They would speak love and life and not death and hatred, God. I pray that, Lord, in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by it. Central Virginia Assembly of God is located on 5052 Cross County Road, Mineral Virginia, 23117. If you would like more information about the church, visit us at centralvaag.org or call 804-514-2413. We would love to hear from you. God bless.